Welcome to Create Your Own Light, where we harness our past, we embrace our future, and learn to conquer the roadblocks along the way together. I'm your host, Travis Howes. Let's get on with it. This episode is brought to you by YourWelder.com. YourWelder.com is an online directory of mobile welders. Whether at your home or at your industrial processing plant, we come to you. Our community of mobile welders can repair anything from the neighbor's mailbox that you just backed into or the cat bulldozer sitting on your job site. YourWelder.com is a directory of highly skilled professionals willing to help you on your job site on your timetable. YourWelder.com screens all of their welders using tools like photos from social media apps such as Instagram, Parler, and Facebook, even face-to-face meetups. YourWelder.com was built by actual industry welding experts who actually perform this type of work on a daily basis. And here's the best part. They're veteran-owned and operated. So go check them out at YourWelder.com. And also feel free to check them out on social media where I'll include their links in the show notes. What makes a person want to kill themselves? What makes a what makes a person think that their life is so hopeless and so meaningless that they need to end it? Um I personally know how that feels. I know a lot of you out there probably have had those thoughts if not um had the uh, the intentions of, of, of hurting yourself before just because you can't seem to find any hope in anything. You can't seem to uh, find any joy in anything. And then you get to a point in your life where you start questioning what's the meaning of all this. I just put a post on my page today. I've seen this before. I've seen this photo before. It's a famous photo, but I just put it on my Instagram page today. And it's of a gentleman holding on to the railing of the Golden Gate Bridge. And a police officer, a a, uh, California Highway Patrol officer, has his helmet on the bridge. And he's just leaning there, like having a casual conversation with this guy. And apparently they talked for about 92 minutes. And then the man was able to climb back over the rail. And that officer was able to... um, save this man's life just from having a little bit of compassion and a little bit of understanding. And in the moment he, he put his, I'm not saying he put his uh, police officer um, badge to the side or his identity to the side. But in that moment he realized this, this, this gentleman just needed compassion in his life. I, I've been on two different bridge incidents. Um, it's uh it's very weird. So I guess that's why when that when that hit me, when I saw that picture this morning, I felt compelled to post it. I may have talked about this before, but I was when I was a young police officer, I was actually in uh, in my field training days with my field training officer. We had a call where we had a jumper on a bridge, and we got there. And even in as a, it's weird because I, I look back on this call and I'm like, man, I was just in field training and. I was thrown to the wolves to talk to this man and my training officer was there too. But I mean, I really had the lead on it. It was uh, I don't looking back. I don't necessarily think that was the best spot to put a police officer who's training. Maybe I should have um, watched more than I, than I talked, but I think it was my ability to connect with this, 
with this gentleman and on a, on a different level than I guess my training officer at the time, he, uh, and I guess maybe my training officer saw that, that I, I was connecting with this guy and maybe I was the best person to talk to him. I don't know. Um, but I do know this, the guy was on, uh, on the Don Holt bridge in Charleston, which is a very tall bridge and he wanted to end his life. And he, he had just lost his wife. He just, uh, his, his wife took his kids from him and all this. I'll, I'll spare you all the details, but I was able to connect with this gentleman and talk about that situation. Now where he is in life now, I, I have no idea, but I do remember looking at him in his eyes and seeing the desperation in his eyes and the desperation in his voice and just hearing, uh, hearing him when he talked to me and the uncertainty that he had. And I just remember how scared he was when he climbed back over that rail. And I hope that he went on to live a great life. I hope that he didn't go on to hurt himself down the road. I hope that he found the peace that he, he deserved in life. Um, and then I was on another bridge incident that didn't turn out that well at all. Um, I wasn't the lead on this. I was just there. And a, a gentleman jumped off the bridge and almost took his baby with him. He handed the baby off before he did. Um, but when I saw that picture this morning, I, uh, I couldn't help but to feel sorry for the man in that picture. But it, it, it brought me joy. Sorry, my thoughts are all over the place here. It's so... Uh, it's weird when you when you're talking about things and you're actually reliving other events at the same time. It's kind of strange, but I um the moral of this story is compassion, right? And the the gentleman that was on the bridge in my post on Instagram, uh, ten years later, he met that officer and they had a conversation on that same bridge, and it turned out to be a beautiful story. And apparently, they spoke at several events together, and it's a powerful thing. So I encourage you to you maybe maybe you don't run across somebody that's willing wanting to end their life maybe you're just run across somebody that's having a bad day and you know when we ask people like hey how you doing Do, we don't we don't really mean that it's just it's a formality but if we really like took the time to find out how somebody's doing i think you can change their day you could help them out a lot um i've had to i've had to make some calls recently because, you know, I've sucked at being a friend over the years. We get so consumed in our lives that the only thing that matters is us. We focus on us so much that we quit focusing on other people and other relationships and nourishing other relationships, including our children, including our spouses, including our friends. And in my case specifically, I found myself alone and isolated on an island. And, uh, I, I have nobody to blame but myself for that because I focus so much on what I'm doing professionally that I never made the time to fertilize my relationships, to nourish them so they could grow. And in doing so, my crops, my relationship crops, they all died across the board. And that, that puts me where I am currently. And um, I'm working through that. And it's taken, it's taken this event in my life to make me really realize what's important. And it's not work. Work is not important. Like I love what I do for a living. I love helping people, 
But it got to a point where I felt like I was helping so much that I wasn't helping myself anymore and I wasn't helping my friends and I wasn't helping my family. So I started making some calls again and reaching out to people. And I called a friend of mine who I hadn't seen in 20 years and we were in the Marine Corps together and he lives 45 minutes away from my farm. And that's how close he is. And I haven't seen him in 20 years. And that's, that's just, that's unacceptable. So I called him, he was elated and we, we were planning to get lunch one day together. And I, uh, I reached out to another buddy of mine and I did something that is just insane for me. And I'm going to kind of go off the deep end here. I, uh, I reached out to this guy because he's a good friend of mine. He's a, he's a shit talker like me, but he's, he's actually religious and I'm not. But he still talks shit, and that's why I like him. He doesn't let religion get in the way of his shit talking and his witty personality and all that. He is who he is. He's not one of those religious people that's so holy and so pure you can't have a conversation with him. This dude will talk dildos with you um, just as if he was not uh, a religious person. I mean, that's how fun it is (laughs) talking with them. So um, I called him up, and... I say, Hey man, I got a question for you and I just need some insight because I know you'll shoot it to me straight. And I said, tell me, tell me about this Jesus thing. And he asked me why. And I said, well, I'm going to tell you something. And I'm telling all of you now I'm at a point in my life. It's not like I'm out there searching for that, but I'm at a point where I've done everything that I know how to do under the sun to grow as a man. I've done everything that I know how to do to make my soul happy and to try to make those around me happy. And I'm still not happy with the results of that, if that makes sense. I'm still not feeling something inside of me that I think I should be feeling. Um, so I've always told myself, no matter what it is, if, if it can make me better, if it's something that I think will, uh, make me grow as a man, then I'm going to be open to it. Now I've been against religion my whole life, and this is not a religious post. So please, again, or a, a religious podcast, please do not come at me on Instagram, pushing your beliefs, or any of that. I'm not pushing mine here. I'm just telling you what was going on in my head. I'm not um, asking to be convinced of anything. I'm not knocking really. I'm not doing any of that. So please, please, I, I beg of you, do not come at me on Instagram trying to tell me to go find the Lord and all of this because that's not what I'm asking of any of you. I'm just, I'm trying to tell a story here and I don't mean to sound like a dick. So please, please don't take it that way. Um, but I realize my life, I look at everything that's going on in my life and we all have problems. We all have adversity, but when I look at my life specifically, I ask myself one question, why, like, why do I get to do what I get to do? Because I'm very honored to be able to do what I do, but why me? And there's tons of people out there who've had problems in their life, but I feel like my life specifically, I feel like it's been, it's constantly shifted over time and I'm faced with adversity. I overcome that. 
I do well, and I'm faced with adversity again. That's why I write about that in my book and create your own light. Bad days are never far away. They're always coming for you, and you have to constantly train your mind for those, or eventually you'll just let them beat you into the ground, and you'll never be able to grow. So after every single event that I go to, someone comes up and tells me about God. Someone always comes up and asks me if I found God, and I said, no, I'm not, I'm not really looking for, for anybody or any spirit or anything. Well, after so many hundreds of people come up to you and, and ask you these things, you can't help start get a little curious. So this phone call to my friend was my curiosity. And we sat there and we talked and he was telling me about how he's a part of these men's groups. And he goes to um, the 6 a.m. Uh, he goes to his church at 6 a.m. on Monday mornings and they do this breakfast and they just sit around as a bunch of men and they sit there and talk and You know what I thought in that moment right there? I thought, man, how wonderful is that? Just to be able to go hang out with other men and have a relationship that's healthy. And you're not actually sitting around talking about dildos, but you are sitting around talking about good things and how to help people and stuff like that. And that really interested me more so than the religious part of it, more so than the whole story of God and and Christianity and all this. So that's kind of where my mind is going. I'm trying to, I'm going to, I'm going to, blow the lid off of this thing. I've been thinking about something for a long time with my ranch that I have out here. I, I've always wanted to do something like make it like a a retreat for other people. I'm not saying that that's what I'm going to do, but I always thought how wonderful it would be to have a retreat here, to have like a weekend every quarter or something where we could all meet up out here, have a bonfire, have a cookout and, and honestly just have fellowship. That's the part point where I've arrived in my life. I, I want to be integrated with human beings again. Like when I bought this 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 ranch of mine, I farm whatever you want to call it. When I bought it, I needed it to get away from people. Well, this is the growth process that I talk about in life. Nothing stays the same and everything changes. And you have to be um, moving with the change. You need to be growing with the change and not become stagnant. So those two years ago when I bought this, I needed to escape. I needed away from people. I needed my own space. And now I've healed so much that I'm ready to be reintroduced to society. I'm ready to be around people and I'm ready to give back. Like I'm ready. I mean, I give back anyway, but now I'm ready to give a little bit of piece of what I have. And there's all kinds of legal shit that goes into it. So this isn't something that's going to happen overnight, but it's something that I'm thinking about anyway. Um, and I just think it'd be really neat to have, you know, 50 or 60 people out here once a quarter or something like that, petting donkeys and, you know, talking shit and having fun. And, but it, again, it's in the middle of nowhere. So you motherfuckers can't sleep here at night. So you got to go back to the airport in Charleston and fly the fuck home. So what was I getting at? Anyway, so I talked to my buddy and uh, he starts telling me about all these things. And he told me pretty much what I was already feeling. And he told me, he said, Travis, he goes, I was at a point in my life. He said, I grew up going to church and everything, but I got away from that. But he goes, I was at a point in my life where I was stressed out with my career. I was stressed out with my job. I was stressed out with my family. I was taking it out on my wife. I was taking it out on people that I truly cared about. And I would come home from work in my clothes and just get under the covers and go to bed at like four o'clock in the afternoon. And, And he said, I was depressed. I was anxious. I had all this stuff going on. And 
the doctors put me on medicine and I tried to, um, find joy in things and I couldn't find anything. So he says, I retreated and I went, I went to this men's group and it, it saved my life. And that's what he told me. It saved my life. It saved my, my marriage, et cetera, et cetera. And, uh, I never thought I'd be on here talking about this shit with y'all. I mean, I, it says, uh, I'm not necessarily, um, grasping at straws here, but I think what I'm trying to tell you in the, in the, broadness of this message, if you will, is this. No matter what your mind is against, you need to open it up to growth. Because we become so short-sighted that we will not allow positive things in our life because we refuse to open our minds up and just see things the way we've always seen it. I've been against religion. And I'm not, I wouldn't even say against it. I've just always been that person. Like you do you, I'm going to do me and I'm going to be a good person and you be a good person. Just believe in what you believe in kind of thing. Right. Don't push, don't push it on me. I don't push it on you. But when I look at religion and I look at what I'm doing, I don't like what I'm doing anymore. I want to be around people. I want to be able to be healthy again. And I don't want to be an old man sitting out on my farm, my ranch, as 70 years old with just some old ass donkeys that are now old, old as me. And that's the only friends I have around me. Cause that's, that's the life a lot of us are headed to, you know, when we're young, what we don't realize is how fast this thing goes. You don't realize how quickly your time passes until it's, until it's passed. I, I constantly count my days from the Marine Corps. I remember being in the Marine Corps and I couldn't wait to get out and start my life. Okay. And then when I was honorably discharged after my four-year commitment, I was like, oh my gosh, I'm free again. Nobody, nobody yelling at me. I don't have to hump fucking hundreds of pounds of shit and weapons and all this stuff and live in the woods. I actually get to go and sleep in a bed tonight. Um, I don't live on a base anymore. I loved my time in the Marine Corps, but I'm going to tell you something right now. When it was over, that was 23 years ago. And then that was in the snap of a finger. And then I start doing the math and I'm like, man, in 23 more years, I'm almost 70. I'm 67 years old. And it went by so quickly. And what I mean is this. In the last 23 years, I've done a really good job at pushing people out of my life. And isolating myself. And only being around a very, very small group of people. And if I continue to do that at 70 years old, I have nobody left in my life. Okay? And I don't want that for me. I don't want that for any of you. When I teach post-traumatic purpose, I teach about all this stuff. I'm the pot calling the kettle black. I've done it too. But I talk about retirement and how we can't wait to get to retirement. But the problem is when so many of us get to retirement, all we have is a pension and there's nothing else. How, do, how is that going to bring you any kind of joy in your life? My idea of uh, friendship was all wrong. My idea of friendship was lending you my back and not lending you my heart. I would always be willing to jump in to move somebody's furniture, to help build a deck, to put up a fence, to help them frame part of their house, whatever they needed to do. And I always gave them my back, but I've never really sat down with another man and had an intimate conversation about their life. To the point where they knew that I cared about what was going on in their life. And I think that 
is partly because, or I would say largely because of my upbringing and largely because of my background and my growth into manhood. I didn't have those nurturing moments like that ever. And the older I get, and the more damaged that I see so many people are in this industry or in the industries that I come from, I realize what's missing. It's that compassion. We're missing that compassion for one another. And all we want to do is impress one another with how tough we are and with how hard we are. Well, I got news for you. When you become a 45-year-old man, for most of us, that shit fades away. That Superman syndrome is no longer important. What's important is realizing the time you have left and what are you going to do with it. I don't need to impress anybody with my muscles anymore. I don't need to impress anybody with my tactics anymore. I don't need to impress anybody with my ability to slap a motherfucker anymore, grab and choke some motherfucker. I don't, I'm not doing that. That's when I was young. I want to impress people now with my heart. I want to impress people that feel like they have nobody to sit down and have a conversation with. With that, I don't know how to how to how to verbalize that, and I'm not saying I can open up a hotline and just take everybody's calls. But I'm talking about those people that are in my circle that I've never done that with. We always make it about us. It's always about me. I realized I did that in my own marriage. It was always about me, and it was never about my spouse. And when you live like that, you end up, I don't even know. I mean, I lost my train of thought, but if you're always making it about you, it's, it's, it's pretty selfish, isn't it? I don't think we do that intentionally. I learned a lot from therapy yesterday. I went in and I was, had a 90 minute session with my therapist and I'm excited because we have EMDR coming up and I, I did it a long, long time ago. I didn't like it. I walked out, but I'm, I'm hell bent on doing this now because if there's any room for improvement in my life, I'm going to do it. Well, we have three different EMDR sessions, but we sat and we talked yesterday and I'm going to open up on here and this isn't, this isn't a dig at anybody. This isn't knocking anything. But we, we're all raised differently. And I guess you got to put so much emphasis on your childhood. And if you don't think your childhood forms who you are as an adult, go sit down with a really, really well-trained therapist who's really good at their job. And they can open your eyes to see in exactly how your childhood molds your adulthood. And if you think that Oh, you just experienced a couple things in your childhood and it doesn't, it doesn't, um, it doesn't affect your life as an adult. You're probably 100% wrong. I had an amazing childhood. I had a wonderful childhood. I don't think badly of my childhood, but there are things in my childhood that I know right now, without a shadow of a doubt, molded me and helped shaped, shape my mind. into a not so healthy shape or in, into a not so healthy 
um, a place. I don't know the words. But I do know that because of my childhood and because of the the repeated trauma that I've experienced throughout my life, that there was this there was something inside of me missing. There was something inside of me that uh, needed validation. And I was going about it all the wrong way. And without knowing that about myself, I wasn't able to grow in a, in a positive manner. Well, now that I know that about myself, I know how to grow from that. And I guess what I'm getting at without trying to get too informative here is this. If you're just behaving a certain way all of the time and your mindset is that's just how it is, that doesn't mean that's how it has to be. You can be better for learning yourself. I talked with a friend of mine yesterday who's so against therapy. This friend of mine, I've mentioned it so many times over the years, and this friend of mine is like absolute. Absolutely not. I'm happy with who I am, but I know different. I know different. I watch this person. I know this person intimately. And I know this person is not happy. No matter how many times this person says they're happy, I know it because I know what this shit looks like. But this person is afraid to open up the unknown. This person's afraid of knowing too much about themselves and getting scared from that. So it's almost like ignorance is bliss kind of thing. But let me explain something to every single one of you out there that's listening right now. The more you know about yourself, the healthier you can become. And if you have a family out there that you're ripping to shreds, if you have a family out there that you're crushing because of how you are, how dare you? not want to become better for that. How dare you run from the scariness of learning a little bit about yourself and why you tick the way that you tick. Think about that. You alone have the ability to change yourself for the better. I'm not saying I've become perfect overnight. I've been working on myself for 20 something years. But the cool thing about what I go through is when I find an opportunity to learn about myself, I put that above everything else because normally what you're going to learn is going to help you become better. So those of you that are afraid to go out there and talk to a therapist, talk to a real professional that can help you grow as a man or grow as a woman. Stop selling yourself short. What do you have to lose? I'll tell you what you have to lose. Everything that you love. That's exactly what you have to lose. Now, think about what you have to gain. You have everything to gain. You get to pull those that you love in tighter. And you get to show them that, hey, look, I've, I may make mistakes, but I'm willing to learn from those mistakes. And I'm willing to grow from those mistakes. Ain't nobody on this earth perfect. We all make mistakes. 
But it's those who are too fucking stubborn and too afraid of themselves that continue to make those same mistakes because they never learn and they refuse to grow. I said this so many times on this podcast because it's so true. And every time this happens to me, I just laugh and I repeat this. And Tom Petty said it best. Half of the things I worried about never happened anyway. And what I mean by that is the other day I'm out here on the farm and uh, I was ripping a bush out next to my porch with my tractor. And there's probably 30 big bushes all the way around because I have a big wraparound porch. So I have these big um, green bushes and I don't like them because I always have to trim them and I'm just tired of it. So I was going to rip them out and I looked... I was looking at him and I looked at one bush out of the 30 bushes. I chained this thing up and I ripped that bitch out the ground. And out of the 30 bushes, the only bush next to where the water pipe comes into the house is right there. And I didn't realize it. And it rips the water pipe out. It, um, the water line busts. I got water flooding all over the ground. I got this big hole in the ground. I was like, oh, here we go. So, I got my girls out here with me, just me and my two girls, and um, I go up to the road. I shut the water off. Well, I have about literally 15 minutes of daylight left, and I, I need to figure out um, where how severe this break is because I have some things here on the farm that I could um, I could fix it with, but I need to make sure I have the right stuff. So I grab a horse bucket. A feed bucket and I start bailing out this water right and I finally get it's like 35 degrees out the wind's blowing it's cold as shit the water's freezing I'm bailing this water out I get it down and I notice uh, the pipe is broken in uh in a in what they call a joint where like uh where it starts curving up and then it comes into the the main water line of the house so I don't have what I need on hand to repair this so I grab my girls we go to Lowe's we come back Um, I'm working out there. I I get most of it fixed. I go turn the water on and it's still leaking. And, and, you know, my driveway is like a thousand feet long. So by the time I get back from turning the water on, the water is, the puddle is full of water again. I have to bail it out. The temperature keeps dropping. I'm sitting there bailing water out. I'm soaking wet. I'm in the mud. I'm freezing cold. I'm miserable, but I'm laughing because I was like, you know what? It can always be worse, right? So we hop back in the truck, we go to Lowe's, I don't have a part, and we get halfway to Lowe's, which is nowhere convenient to where I'm located. I realize I don't have my wallet, so I'm pissed now. We have to turn around and go back and get my wallet. Come back, fix it, turn the water back on, it fills up with water again. So what's happening is this, the water leak is further back. It did so much damage to the pipe, I'm having to keep, I have to keep digging this hole back another couple of feet and so now i'm back about 10 feet and Lowe's is closed i'm out of the, the stuff that i need to fix this thing all right this is what i'm getting at well the next day the next day my wife she comes out she's coming out to pick up the girls and i was like look i need some help and so she she starts to help me she's bailing out water and i'm trying to fix this pipe well my shovel when i go in to dig out more dirt it hits another pipe a pipe that I didn't know was there. And now I got water rushing back into the hole. Well, the water's off. So I was like, well, it's probably just the water that was all in that pipe. 
and now I got to fix that pipe. So now I'm exposing it. I'm, I'm pissed. Now I'm pissed because now I have two pipes I got to fix. And the pipe is the original piping, the original um, PVC pipe. And I, I'm getting long-winded on this. I'm sorry. I get to the point. It's the original PVC pipe. Well, what I'm looking at, I'm getting mad as shit because now I have to fix this pipe and I'm out of supplies again. So I tell my wife, I said, look, I got the main leak fixed. Just go turn the water on. Now she had her phone on her. She she called me and I was like, I'm going to tell you to shut it off as soon as I see that the one that we just repaired is not leaking. Well, I know water's getting ready to rush out of this other pipe because I just broke the shit in half. But I want to be able to check the one that I just repaired to make sure it's good. So she turns the water all the way on and I'm just, I'm, I'm, I'm sweating bullets because I know water's about to come gushing out of this other pipe, right? Well, she gets the water turned all the way on and guess what? No water's gushing out of the pipe I just broke. It's just sitting there. And I'm, I'm scratching my head. I was like, what in the hell is going on? Now the leak, the main line that I just fixed is fixed. It's not leaking. So I'm happy about that. But what I realized was this. I was putting a bunch of worry into something that wasn't even there. The pipe that I had just broken, it was an old line that they had terminated. And it just had water sitting in it. And when I broke it, that water came leaking out. It wasn't It wasn't hooked up to anything. So this is what I'm getting at. I made a problem worse than it needed to be. So for like 30 minutes, I was out there digging. I was bitching. I was cussing. I was mad as shit. And that's just a bunch of stress I just brought on myself for nothing. Moral of that story is half things you worry about don't even happen anyway. Let things unfold the way they unfold. I'm working on that myself. But I think it's a good start. Next time something doesn't go right in your day, just roll with it, baby. That's all we got to do is just roll with it because it might not be as bad as you think it is. I love y'all. Thank y'all for tuning in. See you next time.